pray with me? Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, it's Christmas, and we're celebrating the birth of Jesus. And we just heard the story you've probably heard a hundred times. If you watched A Charlie Brown Christmas, you heard it at the end of that show to this year. One of the best Christmas specials of all. And it's a stunning story, isn't it? I mean, just as a story, it's a great story. And, you know, we, we tend to think it's, it's the story just about Jesus' birth, but, you know, that's not where the story starts. Did you notice that? It doesn't start with Jesus or Mary or the angels or the shepherds. It starts with Caesar, Caesar Augustus. And we're told that Caesar Augustus, who was at that time the, the emperor of the Roman Empire, that what he did is he ordered a census to be taken. And, of course, that's easy for him, but he messed up all the lives of the people of the empire. People like Mary and Joseph, <clears throat> excuse me, people like Mary and Joseph had to pack up their belongings and get on the road and leave where they lived and go to Bethlehem just to obey the emperor. And, you know, Caesar Augustus, he was the, the head of maybe the greatest empire in history, if not one of them. There's other great empires, of course, but it's definitely one of the greatest. Didn't rule the whole world, but dominated the world. And you probably heard this phrase about the ancient Roman Empire. You've heard of the Pax Romana. The idea was that because of this empire, because of their authority, because of their reign, they could bring peace and order. And to a certain degree, they did. When there's one great power that dominates everyone else, it kind of brings order. Not everyone likes it, but it's what happens. And the history of the world is the history of lots of empires, lots of great powers, lots of ways to kind of solve our problem of not getting along and not functioning well in this world. We do it through empires. We do it through economies. We do it through whatever, you name it. We have all these ways we try to solve the problems of the world. It's really interesting that the story starts with Caesar, who's trying to do that. He's like, i got to get a count so I know what I have in my empire so we can exploit it for the best possible reasons for my glory as emperor. And, of course, for the good of the people. But the way the story is told, God's telling us something. He's telling us there's a different answer to the world's problems than the Caesar answer. There's a different answer to the world's problems than the Caesar answer, and it's the Jesus answer. So Caesar didn't have a clue about Bethlehem, but I didn't even heard of the place. He didn't know Joseph and Mary were going there. We learn that what happened in this little hamlet, maybe four or five, six houses on a hillside, was the most significant birth in all of human history. And by juxtaposing that birth with Caesar's order, God's telling us something. He's saying, this is the actual answer. This is the way the world's problems are going to get solved. This is the way change is going to come. This is the way we're going to live the way we know we need to live because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. You know, we sang this line from Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Um, Mild he lays his glory by, born 
no more that man may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. Born to give them second birth. There's a lot of meanings of Christmas, but one of them right at the center is this. Jesus was born so we could be born again. Jesus was born so we could be born again. And here's why that's so important. Because you see, all of humanity since Genesis 3 has been trying to figure out how to live life. We've been trying to figure out how to make it work in this world, and we fail over and over. Every empire falls eventually. Every human endeavor comes to a close. We try and we try to change the world, and it doesn't get done. And the truth is, we do a lot of change out here, and it all looks really good, but when we kind of get underneath the surface, we're all really broken. We're all really messed up. You know, if you go back to the Roman Empire, if there's one word I was going to say to capture the culture of ancient Rome, it would be this word, cruel. Cruel, cruel. It's a cruel place. Unless you were super wealthy or super high up, you're almost like a non-person. In, in history, it's one of the best. We can't fix our problems. But God sent Jesus to do it. Jesus was born so we could be born again. Here's what, here's what I'm getting at. You see, since the first humans sinned and said, God, we don't need you in our lives. We're going to run our own lives. The story of humanity is of, of us not being able to live the kind of life God wants us to live. And we fall short of what God wants for us. And, and we're born into this condition that inevitably leads us to do that. The Bible has a word for us called sin. We're born in sin. And, and by the way, this, this may be boilerplate to you, but, but it's helpful to know this. In, in Christianity, we're not sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. We're broken people, and it manifests in the way we behave. And we live lives that aren't the kind of life God wants us to live. But Jesus came, and Jesus lived the kind of life God wants us to live. Jesus lived the kind of life God created us to live. Jesus lived the best life ever in human history. And, but, but Jesus wasn't just, and Jesus isn't just another man. Jesus is God and man. And somehow, in some way, in this unity of God and man and him, he was able to live the kind of life we never could live and to bring us into union with God to do that in him. In that baby and the life he lived and the death he died and the resurrection that arose from the dead, all of humanity changed. In that baby, all of creation changed. In that baby, the whole destiny of humanity and the universe and everything made changed because in that baby was the new life that God wanted us to have and ultimately all of creation. That's what happened at Christmas. God came down. God came down and became one of us so we could be different. So we could be born again. Now, that's a phrase. Maybe you grew up in church. That's a familiar phrase. Maybe you didn't grow up in church and you've heard it in the culture. And you're like, isn't that like that weirdo phrase that certain Christians say, but others don't? Let me tell you, it's a Jesus phrase. Let me jump ahead to another story for just a moment or two. Later, 30 years down the road, Jesus has grown up. He's in Jerusalem. It's nighttime. 
And a leader of the Hebrew Sanhedrin wants to have a meeting with Jesus. He's curious about Jesus. He kind of wants to know what's going on. I think he's attracted to him. He's a man with a heart for God. He wants to seek God. And he sits down with Jesus and he he says, Jesus, you know, you do these miracles. You must be from God. And Jesus just turns to him and just says this. He goes, Nicodemus, Nicodemus, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, they cannot see the kingdom of God. And so Nicodemus goes, well, that's a head scratch. I mean, you have to go in my mother's room and be born again? He's like, no, 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 no. That which is born of flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. You see, the life Jesus lived wasn't just a life for himself. It was a life for all of us. And that life can be shared with us through the reality of the Holy Spirit coming into our lives. And that happens when we give our lives to Jesus. When we put our faith in Jesus. When we turn or repent from us running our own lives and we let Jesus forgive us of all our sins and we let Jesus become the Lord of our lives, then our lives change and the Spirit comes to live within us and we are born again. And we start a new kind of life. It's, it's instructive that the, the metaphor is to be born again because when you're born, you're just a baby. You're new, but you begin a lifelong journey of being transformed by Jesus. That's why Jesus was born. So that could happen to us. It all drills down to that. It has vast implications. It's way bigger than that, but it's not less than that. At the heart of it is me deciding, do I give my life to Jesus or not? Me, do I let Jesus come to my life or not? Me, do I continue to live a life of brokenness and self-will or to let Jesus come and take over? and be the Lord of my life. That's the heart of Christmas. That's the gift of Christmas. Jesus himself in his life changing my life. Because we can't do it. We're trapped. We're stuck. We're broken. And if you live long enough, you know that's true. No one needs to tell you that. Just live, live a little long, a little bit, and you know there's just parts of you that are broken, you can't fix. But Jesus came to fix it. You know, the old story says Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall and he, and he broke. I can't quote the story. No one could put him together. Well, we're kind of like Humpty Dumpty. We fall off the wall, but you know what? Jesus can put us back together, and he will if, you, if we let him. That's the heart of Christmas. That little baby... That sweet little baby, you know, sort of a, there's a sentimentality that goes with the story of Christmas. That's not wrong. But if we let it stay there, we, we can miss what's going on. That he, he came and he, he had to be born. He had to be conceived. He had to be born. He had to grow up. He had, he had to live as a carpenter. He had to do his ministry. He had to give his life. He had to rise again. He had to do all this and step into our whole story and live a vastly different kind of life a life of perfect love towards the Father and perfect love towards people so we could have the love of God in us and we could love God and love others. Well, pastors and teachers through history, as they've, they've read the Christmas story, have had seen an insight. It's an insight about the, the, the name Bethlehem. 
And you may not know this, but Beth means house in Hebrew. And then Lahem means bread. So Bethlehem literally means house of bread. So I'm going to change metaphors here from birth to bread and kind of come at this from a different angle. Jesus was born in the house of bread. And people have been reading the Bible for 2,000 years and said that's because Jesus is the bread of life. It's no accident he was laid in a feeding trough when he was born. Why? Because he's the bread of life. It's no accident he was born in Bethlehem because he is the bread of life. There's no accident he, he gave himself through living the life he lived and then dying on the cross because he is the bread of life and he's the one who comes and feeds us with eternal life. He's the one who comes into our lives and gives us new life. And that's signaled to us just by the place Jesus was born. Isn't that cool? What a cool insight. And people have noticed that for centuries. So on this Christmas Eve, I just want to invite you to, to come to Jesus. See, that the same Jesus who was in that stable, in that manger, wrapped in those cloths, that same Jesus is here, but he's not going to come to us as a baby. He's going to come to us as bread and wine, wrapped in the linens of Holy Communion. But it's the same Jesus. He's still the one who was born so we can be born again. He's still the bread from heaven who feeds us with a food that nothing in this life could satisfy that only he can give to us. And he's here for you tonight. So I'd say, invite you as you come tonight. Maybe, maybe for you it's a fresh. Lord, I just want to remember that that you were born so I could be born again. Thank you for letting me be born again and changing my life. Maybe that's your your offering to Jesus. Or maybe you'd say, you know what? I've actually never crossed that threshold. I've never really said, okay, Jesus, I want you to be my forgiver. I want you to be the leader of my life. Well, just as you come to the altar, receive the night, if you've been baptized and received communion, or if you come to be blessed, you can just say that to him and come receive from him. Or maybe you just say, I'm not sure about all this. And I'd say, just talk to Jesus and say, Jesus, show me if this is true. Jesus, show me if this is real. I want to know. And come to this this meal that has more power than Caesar ever had. This meal that has more greatness than any empire ever had. This meal that has more life than all the life we can live as humans. Here for us, the same Jesus who was born in Bethlehem is here to give, ourself, give himself to us. And he just invites us to come with open hands and just receive. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, tonight is what's called a festal Eucharist. It's a celebration, and it's a, it's a festival. It's a feast of the Holy Nativity. And so we're going to skip all through a bunch of our liturgy and go right to what's called the peace. And we have some guests here, so let me explain the peace to you. So the, the peace is something we do when we worship. We get up, we walk around, we wave, we shake hands, we hug, and we might greet each other, but before we do that, we say, God's peace be with you, or the peace of the Lord be with you, or just peace. And here's what we're doing. Remember the story we read that the angel said, peace on earth goodwill towards men. 
because of Jesus, what we're doing is we're taking that very peace that Jesus brought us and we're sharing it with one another. We're not just saying peace. Jesus is in us. Jesus is here. And we're sharing that peace. And then we also greet one another and say hi to one another. So if you're a guest, you don't have to walk around and do that. Just stay where you are. Our people will come to you. They won't, they won't glom all over you, but they'll be friendly and welcoming. Right, regulars from St. Patrick's Anglican Church? Yes, you're all nodding. Excellent. So let's stand. And now the peace of the Lord be always with you. Always with you. Let us greet one another in the name of Christ. Peace of the Lord be with you. Peace. 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 Peace.